This is PPC Town Hall, hosted by Fred Valles from Optimizer. Thank you for joining us for PPC Town Hall this week. So we're in a very unusual situation again here in the world. Lots of things happening and many events uh, like this one are getting canceled at the very last minute. So I just wanted to address the reason why we decided to go through with this particular PPC Town Hall. So PPC Town Hall, we actually started it about 11 weeks ago now, and it was specifically in response to COVID-19. And with COVID-19, the world was changing in a way that none of us understood. And we felt we needed a forum to have experts come together and discuss what they were seeing. And hopefully that would be useful to the whole PPC community, the digital marketing community. And we could all learn as much as we could and make the best of uh, a bad situation. And at the time, there was a lot of talk about we need to go back to normal. And I think at this point, we realized that going back to normal is just not going to happen. Uh, there's going to be a new normal, and that's the best we can hope to go to. But I also think that when we started talking about going back to normal or what the new normal would look like, we're, we're often thinking about how do we not have COVID-19? How do we have a vaccine? How do we de deal with that? Um, but now what we're seeing in the United States and, and a lot of the world is that even if we went back to normal, it's not a great place for a lot of people. There's police brutality. A lot of people um, cannot go out onto the street without fearing that something negative is going to happen, even if these are people doing absolutely nothing wrong, right? So I think many of us in a privileged situation wanting to go back to the old normal, um, I think we need to aspire to better, right? We need to protest police brutality. We need to ask for our leaders to step up and act like leaders, bring countries together, find a common solution to COVID-19. COVID is not a political problem. Police brutality is not a political problem. It's a problem of human rights, um, basic rights, e equality. Um, and that's something we should speak up for. At the same time, we started PPC Town Hall because we wanted to be leaders and step up as leaders in the industry of PPC and digital marketing. And so I think we can do both. And that's what we're trying to do today. Um, we stand for equality. We are going to speak up. Um, our team is free to go to protests, um, so that can happen. But at the same time, we can still have a PPC town hall and discuss PPC. So with that, I wanted to introduce two of my friends from Europe who are going to be joining us as guests today. And we're going to talk about all of the things that Google has been launching in the last quarter. So uh, we have two great panelists. We have Anne Stanley from Lasco. And we have Gianpolo LaRusso from Italy. So uh, I've known both of them for quite a while from uh, the conference circuit. Uh, both of them are international PPC speakers. So some of you may have seen them in person back when that was still uh, a normal thing to do. So uh, we'll talk to uh, to Anne here first. So Anne, you're the founder and managing director at Annika Digital coming to us from Leicester. And it looks like uh, you got pretty sunny weather there in the UK today. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on, man? It's the first cloudy day in about three months. So. Okay, <laughs> yes, we're well, living up to its reputation there, do you think? Sorry, a bad reputation. Yeah, it's been sunny for uh, three months, and yesterday I was in the garden all day um, working, um, but uh, today I've been inside with a jumper on. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, no, it's not as sunny as it has been, unfortunately, but uh, it has been very pleasant. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for joining us, and I look forward to getting your perspective on a lot of things. And then we have Giampolo LaRusso. Um, usually, I meet Giampolo in Bologna at uh, his annual conference. Uh, where are you today, Giampolo? Hi. I, I know, I, I've been to, uh, to the sea yesterday, so I was on, 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 a, sailing, on a sailing trip. <gasps> a perfect uh, day. So. Uh, very Italian of you. It's better, it's better than uh, than the UK, at least in under the weather point of view. Yeah, fine, fine. Everything is fine, and and we met uh, once even in uh, California. Actually, we did. Yes. Yeah. We met in downtown Palo Alto at uh, what is now a co-working space, but back then I believe it was the uh, the Borders bookstore. <laughs> yeah, those were the days. Anyway, so we all go back a long time, and uh, both of you are experts. Um, in, uh, in PPC. So uh, so let's talk about all the stuff that Google has been up to, right? So um, I've got my list uh, here and um, 
Ashwin from the production staff if you want to load up some of these uh, topics that we're going to talk about. But we'll start with, um, I think the first thing, you know, um, even though we don't really want to talk about COVID, we're still going to talk about COVID, um, right? So, and, and COVID and curfews and police brutality, like from a messaging perspective, I think uh, we see these studies, people are overwhelmed by the negative messaging and the negative stuff happening in the world. 40% um, of people surveyed said they really want to see stories of hope and inspiration. Um, and to talk to me a little bit about what you've seen with your customers, like how are strategies around digital marketing shifting in these times when it comes to messaging specifically? Well, we're a little bit behind Italy, so maybe Italy should go, the, the Italian should go first and, and say what your experience is because you're, you're probably two or three weeks ahead of us. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, in fact, um, I have a lot of clients who are experiences uh, are experiencing a, a, a sort of uh, uh, takeoff of their performances. Of course, it depends a lot on on the on the sector, on the field you are uh, working in, because a lot of um, e-commerce is had a sort of skyrocketing in uh, during this uh, during this uh, lockdown uh, but uh, but now uh, the the um, uh, things uh, seems uh, seems to to get better uh, again for all uh, for all sectors for, for the general sectors a lot of people is going around again uh, well, let's talk a bit about the state of e-commerce in Europe and in Italy. So in the United States, all the big companies have e-commerce, right? And it, it's very common and it's very expected. But I think the pain point was with the small business that wasn't, they were fine having people come to their stores, but all of a sudden people can't come to the stores. Um, and they quickly shifted to, you know, maybe putting up a Shopify store, maybe taking advantage of the yeah. uh, free Google listings. <sighs> Yeah, I, I think we have. Um, it, it's it, it has been a, a couple of years here in Italy that everyone wants an e-commerce. <laughs> yeah, uh, every single business wants an e-commerce. They they don't even need it actually. Uh, so when you say they, they don't need it, what do you do when nobody can come uh, to the because, first? because when you when you you know better than me uh, that uh, the, 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 it's it's only the beginning to to open an e-commerce. Um, you cannot uh, think uh, uh, when you are when you are when you open the e-commerce, you are done. You you you're just you're just begun the work. Uh, so um, that's that's something more. Uh, difficult to understand. Right. And let's talk about that. And maybe Anne can chime in here too, right? But so I think what you're saying is, listen, it's not just because you build an e-commerce store that they will come. However, I think what you have as the benefit as a small business is you have your loyal customers that have been coming. So how do you get them to know that now they can buy from you online or come and drive up and you'll throw it in the trunk? Well, I think we've seen some interesting cases where because Shopify and, and BigCommerce and EKM, all those sites can be put up so quickly, um, people were able to put up e-commerce sites very quickly. But what they did to start with was, um, I've read a couple of case studies on this, people got their Facebook communities, which if you're an established business who's suddenly got to go to e-commerce, they um, what happened then was that they were able to look products up on Facebook and then that gave them enough time to actually physically get the e-commerce store up uh, and then now they and then people that were desperate for their products could get it so there's a sort of a mixed um, scene we had we had three types of clients really we had clients that couldn't get stock so we had a couple of people that were buying in from Asia so they weren't able to sell as much and also we had people that couldn't handle the warehouse because of distance you know the social distance bit uh, and then you've got the pe people that were able to just go for it and massive expansion. And we've had a few, particularly home and garden, that have had brilliant success, two to four times more sales, um, even though they couldn't go through their retail branches. And then you've got all the newbies. I have a sneaking suspicion there's going to be a massive industry of new e-commerce um, sellers who are going to need support, um, who've never really done digital marketing before because they had a retail store. And now they're going to need digital marketing for the first time. So I think they really does, they do do fall in different categories. 
Um, going back to the original question, which was about are people fed up with the messaging, you know, I do think there's some messages have just been played to death. You know, how to do how to do a virtual conference, how to spend your day on Zoom, uh, how to, you know, all these sort of. Uh, and so a lot of that, I think, been, is, is now people are getting fed up with that. And I do think messaging is changing. I think people want to see um, because screen routes are starting to show and people are now able to do certain things that they couldn't do before certain shops are opening, people are trying to get back to normal. Um, and we've been very lucky in the UK because our furlough rules, our, our furlough um, grants that we get to keep people in jobs has been very good. So a lot of people have still got salaries, so they are still spending. So um, I think being constantly reminded is, I think it is definitely time to come out the other side. Yeah, and so speaking of uh, grants and support, uh, Google obviously has announced that they are supporting certain businesses with uh, ad credits. Uh, they've started rolling out in New Zealand, I believe in the US, they may be rolling out. Um, I don't think you've seen them yet. No, we haven't, I've checked. No, no we haven't um, But so they seem to be capped at about $1,000, um, you know, which is not a huge amount of money, but I think we'll take any money we can to uh, to regrow business and rebuild. And, and the theme as well, because a lot of our clients are using paid social and search together. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of them, you know, we're hoping to get something from Facebook. And although there's a page there where you can register your interest, I've not seen anything from that either. So I don't know whether that's been rolled out in the USA. Yeah. And so that's interesting. Paid social plus paid search. So one of the topics of discussion here is you get a thousand dollars extra. That's you know kind of kind of extra, right? You weren't necessarily expecting this. What do you do with it? Do you just put it towards the same old, or do you experiment? And uh, I want to share some quotes from some other experts. Um, they put this up on search engine land, but uh, Julie Friedman, uh, Bikini of Neptune Moon, um, she basically says, try something new, right? Um, I agree with that. I mean, um, I think one of these quotes is about using YouTube. Um, and we're finding the most some of the most powerful um, techniques at the moment is, is video views followed by remarketing. Um, so uh, if you, for example, LinkedIn today, um, uh, allows you to create an audience based on 25, 50% of your audience view. Now we've been doing that in Facebook for ages, but if you think if you can link your YouTube with your um, AdWords account, because the um, video views are so cheap, we're talking sort of less of 10 cents sort of price, um, uh, then if you then follow up with RLSAs or shopping ads, um, you can get really, really good sort of filtration of your audiences and then hit them when they're act actively searching. So sort of cross-channel remarketing strategies would be something I would be spending more money because there's so many options now to do you video ads in all the other, in all the different channels, and then you can then hit them uh, with a secondary sort of sequential campaign. So I think that's what I'd be spending my money on if I had an extra thousand. Jean-Paul, you do a lot on YouTube, right? Uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it's it's a good, a good suggestion anyway. Uh, um, I think uh, um, everything helps uh, to 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 go out of this situation. Uh, and even if uh, one one thousand uh, uh, cannot uh, change your your, your landscape, uh, it can help, of course. Um, I, I I I would suggest to do if you found something uh, that was working. Uh, I would suggest uh, simply to to put again uh, uh, something back on that, and uh, uh, and then of course uh, you can try something something new. Um, in personally, my my approach to the situation has been not to stop campaigns, but to lower uh, budgets and CPCs um, to the to the minimum possible. So uh, now you what can. What was the thinking behind that? Sorry. What was the rationale behind that? Because um, uh, you have slots to cover, uh, and Google has slots to, to a lot. So um, keeping them uh, by spending one-tenth on what you were spending before, it's always a good solution, especially in search, in search campaigns. Because if someone is searching for something, uh, maybe not now, but they are going to to convert in some in some time after so why why don't why why losing your uh, 
hyper-competitive slots uh, uh, if you can keep them uh, when spe- uh, spending one-tenth of what you were spending before. So, <laughs> right. And so uh, what you're saying is reduce the budgets, don't reduce the bids, right? So stay competitive on those things, but maybe do a little bit less of it throughout the day? No, reduce both. Uh, uh, but, but, but it's a, a, a sort of natural uh, movement. Uh, at least uh, I've seen it in several accounts. Uh, because, of course, if less competitors are bidding, uh, your, your CPCs are going down uh, automatically, unless you have some <laughs> machine learning uh, uh, harassment <laughs> on your, on your, on your um, campaign. That's we've actually important. seen um, the opposite problem in some accounts. So I did an analysis for a presentation where I was looking at the cost per clicks, cost CPMs, and in Facebook, the CPMs are much, much cheaper. LinkedIn is the same, but Google, interestingly, the cost per clicks weren't. And a couple of our clients, there were in some, but most of them weren't. But a couple of clients, um, what happened was uh, they weren't managing it anymore because they wanted us to pause. So they were trying to manage it themselves and they weren't keeping an eye on it. And what happened was there were so much less um, searches and so many less customers that the other of uh, their competitors started to completely outbid them. So they ended up with hyper bid inflation, and their visibility just dropped through the floor. And they, they, you know, they, because they weren't managing it the same way we would have done. And I won't name names or anything. Um, but basically, what happened was uh, they, they thought we were still there was a bit of a lost communication. But they actually thought we were still managing it. And I said, well, no, we've not managed it for two months. And then they realised that nobody had been managing it, and consequently, they'd fallen off the first page because they just weren't keeping up with competition. So I love this as a case study, right? So managing PPC actually makes results better. <laughs> well, that's it. I think I think it showed. I think they did ask us to restart pretty much straight away, and I hope they're not watching because they'd be quite upset that I'm saying this. But um, I think it just proved the point that if you are in a competitive sector, you, it just goes to show how much time you actually need to optimize and keep an eye on what's going on. But they weren't, of course, they weren't aware of, um, you know, auction insights. They And when we showed them what the competitor activity was, they suddenly, you know, lots of lights went on. Um, but, you know, that's what happens when half of your staff in a company are not there anymore. They, you know, you get that. Because that's been a problem, of course, because our account managers, a lot of our account managers have been furloughed. So, you know, you're not necessarily talking to the same people that you were before. Um Right, and now we're in a time when we actually need more communication rather than less. So keeping that consistent, yeah. and and I think then that goes into shifting strategies, right? So what may have worked uh, previously um, may have completely shifted, and so hotels I think are a great example. When hotels may expect business travelers to fill the majority of rooms, uh, that may not be the case until at least the end of the year. So, uh, but people are still looking to travel, maybe more locally with their families. So um, you can still advertise. You just have to go ahead and make that shift. I have some evidences of, of, of the fact that um, uh, even international travel, uh, they are still looking for them. And, uh, uh, and the, the CPCs in, in this specific uh, sector at a big, uh, are now at least one tenth of, the, of before. Uh, now they're getting, uh, they are growing again. But um, if you had some cool blood, uh, cool blood and, and, and let them, then go uh, lowering your budget and lowering your CPC. You will have, uh, uh, I've never seen uh, in a couple of accounts I, I manage, I have never seen that level of CPC. Never, ever. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> of course, uh, of course, uh, the, the lowest, uh, lower competition, of course, uh, played uh, its, uh, its game. Well, I mean, the key here is. It doesn't matter how much you spend, as long as you spend more than, or you've got more visibility than your competitors. So basically, as long as you out-market whatever your competitors are doing and you get more visibility than they do, as long as people are looking and searching and actually there are some you know, conversions around, as long as you do more, the issue is with things like shopping is, is that a lot of people, they just buy on price. And when they actually come to buy in a month's time, if they're not buying now, then you may be wasting your money because you're not necessarily going to get any brand recognition. Whereas if you can, you know, depending on your sector, if you can do branding and keep keep the lights on, as I'm sure people heard it, then that's that's a good strategy. And, you know, you just need to be um, you need to be more visible than 
than relative to everybody else. Yeah, and so it's not just about getting those leads right away, um, but about visibility in this day and age. So I mean, I, one, of things, one of the things that we are trying to do with clients is fill their um, their audience cookies up. So if you can get lots of cheap traffic at this point, even if it's not in Google, if you can, you know, if they're doing videos or they're interacting with educational pieces and awareness pieces, if you can then, once you've got them engaged, then put them into an audience ready for remarketing later on, um, then of course you can then hit them. So uh, display advertising is working really well for that because the targeting's so good at the moment uh, or so much better than it was. So anything where there's a sort of an audience intent, we're actually finding that we're getting great um, filling up the uh, bucket ready to target them when they're actually ready to buy later on. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Um, so a little break here from the regular content. Uh, I wanted to talk a bit more about the two panelists that we have. We'll start with Gianpolo first. Uh, we'll play a little video about your events. But uh, you're, you're on AdWorld Experience. You produced the uh, paid search organization show. Tell us uh, you know, in a minute what you're working on for the next year. Uh, yeah, um, actually, um, for, for the next year, uh, we are, we are uh, we first want to to bring in in the arbor uh, this this year <laughs> because uh, we have to uh, to to reschedule it of course uh, in October. Um, but uh, our our focus has uh, always been uh, on uh, real case studies. Um, this is the peculiarity of the event, and this will be the peculiarity. Of the event, uh, uh, un unless uh, until I will be, I will be the, the, the organizer of the event. Uh, and it's a great uh, event. So I've spoken at it, and uh, the cases are really good, um, and the food in Bologna is very good. So check out the discount code right there if you want to get some of the virtual content uh, until the next one returns. And Gianpaolo, if I may, I will play a video that shows people a little bit about what your event is about, and then we'll come back to the next segment and do some more uh, new Google updates. Okay. Very good. Let's uh, get back to what's new at Google. Um, and let's shift away from COVID. Let's talk about the actual product releases Google has done. Uh, now, to frame this, a lot of people in Europe don't actually have access to these things. So Google, please. Um, I know people in Europe want these things quicker. Um, and what were you saying about why do you come to the US? Yes. The reason I come to conferences uh, in the US or go to next where half the speakers are from the US is that you get everything six months before us, and that's the best way of finding out what the hell's coming into Europe. Because you guys are always uh, a couple of months ahead, and uh, we can learn from what you, you've already learned. So, uh, yeah, we're the beaters, you're the alphas, I'm afraid, in this, <laughs> in this case. Yeah, uh, alpha, beta, that's a topic for a different discussion, I think. Uh, but hey, here's the first one. Um, so, in April, Google announced that even if you have call only ads, you can now put a website link in those. Yeah, yeah, we have it. You have it. Nice. Has anyone been using it? Um, not really, because uh, uh, I have very few customers who uh, who have the for for which call 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 only campaigns uh, have, have sense. Uh, so uh, I've seen it. Is it because the calls convert so much better than the website? They just want more of those calls, or because they don't have a website? Uh, no, they uh, they they all have websites, uh, uh, but but uh, the, the the matter of the business is um, 
uh, it's not so uh, it's not it, it doesn't fit to the colony campaigns it's it, it's something uh, it, it should be a service you can uh, uh, that, that uh, doesn't really need any explanation to work with uh, colony uh, com campaigns so uh, it's not so uh, frequent at least in italy to have this kind of uh, um, services this kind of campaigns I don't know if and as uh... yeah no I concur I had a I upset Larry Kim at a conference about five years ago when he was talking about call extensions and not having a web link and I said I thought it was a real really a bad idea um, our experiences is that very few people actually re ring the number from uh, the um, directly from the ad because they always want to click in um, to check the customer out. And so therefore, if you look at call tracking technology and the actual, you know, the dynamic, uh, you know, the JavaScript code dynamic on the actual page, that gets the majority of the calls. Uh, I think there's an exception if you're just ringing a local locksmith or you already know the brand. So I think it would work well for brand and local traffic who, you know, just want to call to find out something. But um, it's very different because I've done, I've done comparative work for um, tech support in the UK and the USA. And the proportion of people that were happy to ring from the ad in the USA was something like five times. I mean, this was a while back, mind. It was over five times higher. So I agree I agree with Guampalo that, that there's just not that tendency um, to ring from an ad. We want to we go in and check a company out. And, and you're uh, talking about Tech support companies, uh, those get into hot waters with Google quite a bit, right? That might speak to this next thing that Google's starting to do, which is requiring all advertisers to verify identity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, you are right. That was Indian tech. That, I don't know if you remember, there was a blanket ban of all the Indian tech suppliers about five years ago, and they came through us to try and get round the rules and do everything um, you know, ethically. Um, I'm actually very much in favour of this. Um, I feel that um, there's so many spammy agencies and other people out there that rip people off. Um, you know, I've been in the industry nearly 20 years now. I'm sure, I'm sure both of you have as well. We're, we're the old, we're the old gurus in this. You know, we've been around for a while, and um, I've seen so many spammy stories and spam oh, yeah. spammy agencies that so I actually am in favour of this. I think it's a good thing. Um, and this was one of the reasons why I was upset with the new partner badge, which we'll talk about in a bit, I'm sure. Right. But um, no, I think I, I, I'm in favor of this, and I think it's relatively. I'm, I mean, listen, I, I was on the quality score team at Google for a long time. I was on the team that instituted landing page quality scores to try to get the spamminess out of the system. Um, yet, when the Olympics came mm -hmm. to London, my aunt, who lives in London, she asked me for help getting some tickets to the archery event. Um, and I was like, yeah, here's a Google ad I found and uh, just go to that website. And she bought tickets and they were fake, right? So yeah. even I fell for that kind of stuff. Um, and sometimes it's just really hard to identify what's real and what's what's not. Uh, also a huge problem on Amazon, right? So uh, one thing people don't understand is that the way that Amazon stocks products on their shelves, say that you have real Gucci bags and fake Gucci bags to Amazon that looks like the same product. And if somebody buys it, they don't necessarily distinguish and say, okay, we're gonna pull the one from Gucci, the vendor, as opposed to some third party vendor, because they think it's the same thing. So they'll just pull the bag that's easiest to ship to that specific customer, right? And so uh, there's a lot of issues around reliability and knowing who you're dealing with and getting real product. So I'm in favor of this one too. Yeah, me too. I think everything uh, that adds tr transparency to the market will, will favor um, PPC professionals uh, to to do the legitimate work, of course. <laughs> the legitimate uh, legitimate advertisers would would never be against uh, something like that. Exactly, and those are the ones we all work with, so uh, yeah. we like it. All yeah. right, and Andy brought this up, right? So let's talk about it right now. If I can get my head under this uh, PPC town hall logo right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, I'm producing the show, so I could just remove that thing if I wanted to. But <laughs> the partners' badges. Um, uh, yes, much, much more contentious. Um, there was a massive storm um, when this actually came out. That's better. Uh, we can see all of us now. Uh, there was a massive storm about this because um, as an MCC owner, we've got so many accounts linked to us. Um, and it required us to have, I think we had to have 70 people take the exam 
in, organi in organizations that have got absolutely nothing to do with us, which is absolutely ridiculous. So um, we put in a complaint and so did many, many other people when they realized what a mess they'd made of it. So um, I'm hoping that they're going to have a bit of a second thought about the way that they do the exams and the qualifications, because there's no way that we can police all of the organizations that we've got, we are linked to. And some of them are heretic, you know, legacy. Um, and we've not, we can't even necessarily, you know, dis, dis, disentangled them. Um, the other thing I don't like about the, um, the, the requirements of partner status is it's very, very much based on volume and the um, growth in the account. And if you're an agency like us, which is premium, we only have about 50 clients. Um, not all of them are on PPC. Um, they're not always looking for massive growth. And in some cases, the first thing we do is cut our load of wastage out. If we get a new client and there's a load of crap in the account, we want to get rid of that spend. So sometimes we actually take the spend down and then we'll be penalized because we're trying to improve the quality and make more money for the client. So the client's objectives are definitely not aligned with Google's objectives of what makes you a partner. Um, and I think it's encouraging the sausage factories, which are the, you know, the, 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 the accounts where they've got a thousand traders and plumbers and it's all automated. Um, and I know there's a place for that in the market, but it's a very different market from the sort of work that we do. Yeah, but uh, I think I've just had a discussion about it uh, uh, with the um, Google Partner Manager for, for Italy uh, last week uh, about the, the, the program. Mm. And I, tell, I, us I, secrets. tell us secrets, jean <laughs> no, 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 not really a secret, but I, I told uh, more or less what I'm saying uh, to him. And he said, but uh, with, with this new... Uh, with this new um, uh, program partner, uh, actually the weight of the uh, increasing budget, the increasing uh, number of customers is, is um, uh, going uh, down. Uh, so uh, this this uh, criteria, this uh, uh, growing uh, uh, budget budget uh, necessity is uh, is decreasing in the new. Oh in the new in the new um, oh, and when i told him when i told him oh, okay uh, it's okay for because i i, I understood this way uh, when i looked at the, at the new requirements uh, that the uh, general uh, uh, audience of partners uh, will will not have any longer these uh, requirements uh, and only um, premium partners uh, will have it uh, he told me, but are you sure about it? Because we, uh, we, we uh, because I don't, I don't think it's this way. <laughs> so he, uh, <laughs> he said, uh, um, this, um, this uh, increasing uh, budget requirement is not so, is, uh, is a sort of, uh, it, it's of the last, of, of the last uh, program is not uh, in the new one. Uh, they they lifted this uh, this kind of um, pushing. Uh, and I hope that's true, right? And I think there's also a fundamental difference there between the United States and Europe. And I was born in Europe, so hopefully I may speak on behalf of both continents. Uh, but one thing I do notice in the U.S. and especially in the Bay Area, it's always about you're successful by growing your revenue. Always bigger, 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 more, more, more. Work more, hire more people, make more revenue. Um, and in Europe, you go to villages and, you know, there's a candle maker and the candle maker is like, why would I want to advertise online? Like I make a thousand candles a month and I sell them in my tourist shop and I make a good living for me and my family. And I don't want to become a multinational and like have to ship via DHL and, and have all those new worries. Right. Um, and so I, I think if there's a balance there that Google and bigger companies can find to still reward those shops getting online and doing something. Um, even if that's not always pushing for more revenue, I would love that. Yeah, I completely. Reaching to the choir, right? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just relieved that they've delayed it because um, there were so many unknowns in there. It, it, I think, I mean, you know, they sort of started to roll it out so you could see whether you got the optimization scores and things. But the the exam thing was just ridiculous. Um, and uh, it's like some of the awards that are out there that are based on how many reviews and testimonials you can get. 
you know, if um, if you've got a thousand clients, then it's quite easy to get 40, isn't it? But if you've only got 40 clients, then, um, you know, you're not going to get quite so many reviews. So um, I, I, I think I think that all of this accreditation and trust factors need to be based on performance and technical knowledge. Um, uh, so that's, you know, that's really our focus is, is to uh, is to try and do work that's of a good quality and uh, that's going to get the results for the clients. Because at the end of the day, that's what's most important is, is the results and the, the money you make for the clients. Exactly. And the results and like what the business actually cares about. And I, I think that's even still a big problem we face as agencies is getting the client to properly communicate a goal that mm -hmm. we can actually act on. Because, um, yeah, most people want to spend less money and get more sales, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, so fortunately, some of the projects that we are doing now are very much more about data and integration and, and understanding more of the funnel and, and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, a lot of integration work with things like, oh, <laughs> I oh, didn't yeah. know you that, but um, integration with things like Salesforce, um, alternative to Google Analytics, which is first party cookies, you know, all that sort of stuff, which um, I'm working with um, um, a team uh, which are trying to look at an alternative tracking system. So it's all about um, trying to understand the full journey um, and also uh, understand, you know, where there's issues like new users because of cookie um, cookies being shut off after 24 hours by the browsers. Yeah, you tell you bring up two good points, right? So the first one here is the new look for the attribution reports in Google. Um, so understanding how long it takes for a typical consumer to convert. Um, I mean, my worst example, but before I started Optimizer and I was consulting, I had this client and we would talk, you know, two, three times a week and he would always yell at me because he was like, why are my conversions down so much? And I was like, it's because you have a 14 day average time to conversion, right? If you look at the reports from yesterday, yeah, they're always like off by 30, 40%, but, you know, look two weeks back or look two weeks from now and we'll be great. Um, and so Google's trying to make it easier to visualize that. And I, I don't know, are you guys sharing some of these visuals with clients to help them understand kind of the broader mm -hmm. picture? Not not this one, but uh, to, to, to all of my clients, I, I made them uh, switch the, the default uh, last click uh, attribution model to, to the linear one or the time, time, uh, time decay uh, one uh, because um, I think it's more um, uh, adherent to reality. Uh, a, a lot of people today is uh, going around a, a lot of time uh, uh, before they convert. So uh, if you keep uh, last last click last click attribution, you will have only a partial side of the reality. Um, you won't uh, credit uh, uh, all uh, the, the the keywords or the placements or the, or the display uh, targeting options you you have in place. Um, but not not no, not that I go so. In uh, insight, uh, insights uh, with with, uh, with my customers. Yeah, we're the same. I mean, uh, we try and use data driven if we can, but it, it depends on the number of conversions, etc. But um, we're particularly um, anti last click because of all the sequential and cross channel stuff that we do. So if you're driving loads of traffic from I don't know Facebook or Display or YouTube, and then then they're converting with. RLSA, then of course Google's always going to get all of the credit, so that's quite important. Um, our early results with using this alternative um, alternative tracking system um, and analytics system is, is that a lot of the first day conversions are over allocated through get Google because Google um, is cutting the session short, um, and so we're actually getting more um, uh, a much higher percentage look like they've happened in the first day than they really are um so that's that's quite interesting i think those results um perhaps we can talk about that another day um are, are really are really interesting and and so uh, i put up a little banner here about your agencies and, and so you're the founder and the managing partner so a lot of discredit probably um is to you and your amazing team um but tell us a bit more about annika and the agency and the awards that you won and then i will take a quick look at a video of something you're working on Okay, so I've been in the industry since 2002. I think we met at Austin 
uh, PPC Hero, oh, a long time, even before. I think you were just building Optimizer at the time. Yeah. And then I caught up with you. <laughs> I caught up with you at SMX. I think you asked me a question about shopping ads and asked me if, how, if there's any. Yes, questions. I do remember that. You were the shopping panelist, and I sat in the back of the room and I was like, she's going to have an answer. She's going to tell me because I had just started building shopping campaigns and I was so frustrated by how difficult it was. Yeah. And I came to your session and, and I, you were going to give me the solution to make this easy. And, <laughs> and at the end, I was like, and what tools do you use? And she was like, there is no tools. And I was and like, you know, I go. And I went home and I built it and now Optimizer can do it all for you. Absolutely. And so I think thank we you, were Anne. Your, I think you were one of your first clients actually as well uh, in the UK. So I'm a big fan, of course. But um, yeah, there's only 20 of us. Um, we've got about 40 clients. Um, the work that we do, we use this sort of poet idea of paid owned and earned, but the bit, the bit that we do that other agencies don't necessarily do, we do a lot of technical, which is the T, and S is the strategy. Um, so we do a lot of training. We've got qualifications. We've been doing training for years. We run a weekly webinar, which I think there's a link for later on. Um, and we run the conference, which I think you're going to talk about. But the award, actually, I was at Adworld presenting the case study, um, as Grandpa said, that, you know, they do a lot of case studies. And then literally, as I finished the presentation, this is the switch to my business um, presentation, the integration of um, Salesforce data back into Google Ads to optimize using actually Optimizer. We actually use your tool. I think there's a case study on your site about that. Um, and then I got a text message to say we'd won three awards. And I thought that was really good timing. Um, I uh, <laughs> I didn't go to the event, the awards ceremony, because I was in Italy. And then I present on it, and then I got the award afterwards. But we actually won the Grand Prix in uh, 2019. So that nice, was congratulations. a moment. And I think it must be good luck because we were shortlisted for best PPC tool at the UK Search Awards. That's so we right. We couldn't make it, and we and said, I, hey, let, let's have our longest standing customer in the United Kingdom go and represent and the event, and we won. We did. I, I didn't did want to get an award. I got quite drunk that night. I, I met up with some of my other agency colleagues, and, and we weren't expecting to win. Uh, well, I wasn't expecting to win, and, and obviously you weren't expecting to win. Uh, and you, you knew one, so I came and collected it for you. So. <laughs> hey, so uh, you do put together an event. Uh, should we take a quick look at a video for that? Yes, we call it Destination. Um, and uh, the last one was in October. Um, so do you want to show the video and then? Yeah, we'll talk about it. This is actually our fifth conference. Originally it was e-commercial, but this year we decided to rebrand it as Leicester Digital Live because we wanted to get more of the community involved and more of the clients involved so that uh, we could cover both e-commerce and lead generation. So it's been a great day. It's very difficult to keep up to date with everything. So coming along here where we've got, you know, Mars, SEMrush, Sky, I can absorb a lot of information in a really short period of time and connect with lots of different people here. So yeah, it's been excellent. The guy from Sky was really interesting, I thought. Yes. Yeah. It's like a really interesting new technology, a really way of revolutionising television to compete with digital in a way. I do loads of regional like digital conferences up and down the country. Definitely this is one of the best. Leicester's a great place to do a digital conference. And Anne, and Annika and the whole team do a great job here. Really good, really good. Yes, yeah, so that's Leicester Digital Live. Um, we are, as I said, we are the fifth year. Um, Unfortunately, because everybody else has had to move their conferences, um, it was originally planned for October the 8th, and we think we might have to move it because I think um, Brighton SEO has been moved in that time and quite a lot of other conferences have been moved. So what we're doing is we're gradually building up our weekly webinars. Um, so we'll probably try and do a, a virtual conference in October and then uh, move over um, and maybe do it in the spring um, next year when the conference conference season but it could be that all conference ended up virtual you know um yeah. i've been on only 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 convert which valentino you obviously know uh he's another italian and um he had over four thousand people at his um, digital marketing conference on e-commerce um ju just as the lockdown happened so uh virtual conferences can be very successful and reach a much reach a much bigger audience yeah 
Um, yeah, we'll see what happens, right? But uh, lots of content out there for people to consume. So um, let's go to some audience questions. Um, so Asim here is weighing in. Um, and I think we probably agree with this point, but any comments on what he's saying? <sighs> I do agree that not all clients look at it, but because we've got a lot of spammy agencies in the UK that don't do very good work, um, having the premier partnership badge does at least you can turn around and say you've had to take the qualifications. You've got a reasonable amount of spend going through your account. I, I do think it depends on how competitive it is. I mean, there's so many agencies in the UK now. Um, you do need something to be able to differentiate yourself. So awards and accreditation, the tech you use, the case studies, the clients. Otherwise, I, I, I think sort of the, the education component of it is always behind because it's changing so quickly. But I think you made a really good point about the spend qualification. And if others trust you with millions in their spend, that probably means something about a prospect. Uh, and we find the same at Optimizer. I mean, the bigger we get, the more spend we manage. It's yeah. a badge of credibility, right? Like we take it, we have to take things seriously because uh, with the amount of money running through our system, like it's it's very, very meaningful. Um, and so then it becomes easier to sell new customers because of that badge. I, I personally think that this new uh, program uh, would be better than, uh, than it was before. Um, I, I left it, actually. The, 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 the past one. I was partner. I was uh, uh, even a premium partner, um, but I didn't like what Anne said. I didn't like the fact that I wasn't, um, I shouldn't be, uh, um, I shouldn't think of myself free to suggest to my customers the, 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 the tool or the platform I, I think was better for, for him, for, for, was the best for him. So uh, uh, I, I think the new uh, the new program will be better. Uh, I, I don't agree on uh, on all the buzz uh, they did on it because um, um, they simply had more transparency to it, and they if uh, the uh, criteria um, or um, increasing number of customers and increasing budget are really uh, being lifted up. Uh, I think it's a good thing. I think it's uh, it's a way to say, okay, um, I'm a recognized uh, um, operator of this sector. It's not a perfect program. Uh, I I can agree with 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 all the detractors on many points. What do you think, Anne? Um, what I was saying was is is that just before they sort of changed it and started to you know, roll it the old one down. They got rid of the directory. Um, and so there was no way that clients could actually validate. And there was another uh, wannabe agency in Leicester that was actually advertising themselves as a premier program. Now, at that time, there wasn't a directory, but if you followed the link, you could find out, and they were. And I was thinking, well, there's lots of people pretending to be a premier partner when they're not, because they're just literally sticking the logo on their site. Yeah. And so the only way this will work is, is if there's a database from Google with those partners in there so that you can actually validate that you really are a partner. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it is, it is all you do is just copy the logo and put it on your site. So no. actually, actually, they have it. But in, uh, I think, 15 years, I've, I've got two, two leads from the from that database. Oh, I, don't from it. I, I agree with you on that. I I just want to keep out the cowboys. That's my it's, it's difficult, right? It's difficult. And so uh, admission, uh, the first qualification program, the gap program they called it back then, like I actually wrote most of the questions for it. And then after <laughs> I had to take the test, like I couldn't get a perfect score. And I was like, that's impossible. Like I wrote the questions. <laughs> um, so you know, none of these programs are going to be perfect, and you know, you do your best. And uh, uh, but Champola looks like Adrian is a fan of your sentiment, and uh, the old program is a bit of yeah, I completely agree. So uh, hey, let's shift uh, topics here real quick. So Craig, um, I know he's been asking in multiple places uh, about shopping campaigns impact. I don't know if you guys have an opinion on that. I would love to hear it. But Craig, we will be talking specifically about e-commerce and shopping ads next week. We'll have uh, Andrew Locke from Savvy Revenue. Um, and we have Kirk Williams from Zato Marketing joining us. So I'm sure they're going to have a lot to say on this. 
But what about yeah, you? We've not got it over in the UK, so we haven't got any data to share. We were hoping maybe Fred could give us some answers on this. Yeah, and listen, what I've seen is that it's anywhere from half a percent to like 10, 15% additional clicks that you get out of the program. Um, so certainly valuable and extremely easy to opt into it, especially if you already have your shopping campaign running. Um, so no reason not to do it. Um, but but, but then anybody, I think, hmm? Sorry, does anybody actually go to the shopping tab? Do we know? <laughs> Is there data on the proportion of people that go to the to the shopping tab i think it's quite small yeah yeah i think so it probably is you're you're right but uh a small very uh, very big uh, company is still meaningful yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, they, they can i think it's a smart move by on the side of google or google um because they want to be a starting point um as much as amazon is uh for 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 shopping uh, but it's not going to uh, really to to revolutionize the the, the numbers in the uh, in the normal uh, um, shopping shopping campaign um, scenario, uh, which is not the shopping tab. Right, and I think Jean-Paul, you were also sort of saying like, listen, putting up an e-commerce store is not a magic bullet to solve all your problems. You're still going to have to put effort and money behind marketing it. Um, I, I think this is actually a very timely introduction from Google because a lot of businesses have to, for the first time, legitimately think about e-commerce, given everything else that's happening. Um, I mean, my local Target store, one of the few stores that was open during COVID is now shut down because of the curfews and the looting that's happening, um, right? So, uh, but, but all these small players getting online. And so this is a, a good introduction to get some free clicks, like start to understand there is value putting your products online and advertising them and doing e-commerce um and then yeah obviously like this is google's play to make more money by having more advertisers and making for a more competitive auction but yeah i i agree with you there fred because there's so many of these platforms have got direct integrations now haven't they because there's a direct integration between shopify and, and and google ads which i think they announced either last year or the year before so it just means that you can you you know you don't even need to almost go into google ads and with the google smart shopping as well um, there's so much you can almost do without knowing what you're doing. And there's this sort of polarization of the people that it's all automated. It's just set up for them or they just set it up by a few, pressing a few buttons. And then you've got the really high tech stuff, which is the sort of stuff that we tend to get involved in. So this, the, you know, so that I think a lot of the smaller, uh, smaller retailers will test it for the first time and then they'll get a certain uh, way with it. And then they'll then need to use ads and then they maybe need to use an agency. So there's sort of like a almost like an easy entry into the market. Right. Yeah, and so that for agencies, that means maybe working with some smaller customers, kind of shepherding them up into the bigger customers that we tend to work with. Yeah. Um, and then tools like Optimizer actually make it really easy to do a lot of this management yourself. Um, obviously, agencies. And so that's sort of the difference, right? An agency will take you from mediocre results to amazing results. Um, and Google and machine learning and artificial intelligence is sort of making the base level acceptable for everyone if you do very little to manage it but then you overlay tools and do automation layering with optimizer and you bring in smart people with great strategies through agencies. That's how you kind of like set yourself yeah. apart. Particularly um, when you're in a very competitive market because you know you can't just do the baseline anymore. Otherwise you won't get return on ad spend and you won't make any money. Exactly. Um, assumes that you know what your return on ad spend goal should be. Um, and then you get into, you know, longer conversion cycles and lifetime value. And, and that's sort of where you can make it so many people come in, right, and they or advertisers, and they say, "Oh my God, like I have to pay four dollars for a click for this. Like, there's no way I can have a positive return on ad spend." But then, you know, what you really have to think about is your CPC is partly determined by your quality score, and so that's your optimization of your products. It's the optimization of your ad of your landing page. Do those things well your $4 CPC might become a $3 CPC to achieve the same thing. And even then you might say, well, that's still too expensive, right? But who are you competing against? Amazon with amazing logistics infrastructure, right? So they can actually make money at those levels. And so many times, and that's what Jean-Paul is saying, like it's, this is not a magic bullet, right? You have to have a really solid business and really great business strategies. And then digital marketing can be a driver of growing that business but it's not going to solve all of the fundamental issues that you may have today. No, I completely agree. 
Yeah, I agree too. <laughs> All right. So uh, Adam X12M was uh, asking about these uh, Google account credits for COVID. So we've talked about these at the beginning, Adam, but the one thing I'll add here maybe is they are rolling out country by country. Uh, Google is basically announcing which countries have gotten them. You should have an email about that. If you do not have an email, it means you're not getting the credit for your particular country. And there were some criteria around which companies would qualify and which ones wouldn't. Um, so that's how I understand the program to work. Yeah, I checked last week to see whether we would be eligible. You've got to have advertised 10 months last year and then January and February this year. So if you took it off for two months or two and a half months last year, then you might not get it. Yeah, exactly. And so there's a, a help page about the ad credits. Uh, here we go. And it's, it's primarily for small businesses. So we'll load this up here. Um, this link is not yet on the website for PPC Town Hall. We're putting all of these on, so we'll have this after the show. Um, but that's where you can learn more about it. Um, going back to the partnership program for just a second. Um, so Asim is making a comment, so we'll show that here. Um, but we're kind of close to time here. So I wanted to introduce one other cool thing that Google has just done, which is... Um, telling you why conversions are changing. Okay, so I believe it's uh, this update that you see on my screen. No, I can't. They've done a couple of changes though, haven't they? Because uh, they also changed from the time scale as well, so it matched more with um, what was going on with analytics. Um, so you've got two options there, and then this is what you expect to get, isn't it? I think from what yeah. I was reading about before. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, so and then they, they will point out stuff like your conversion tracking is broken or your conversions are down because you have a really long uh, time to conversion, uh, those types of things. So under the announcement, it's actually an announcement they just made, um, what is that, yesterday? Yeah. yeah. So you can find it right here. So basically now they will explain why your conversion might like, look a little wonky. Why, why you should uh, trust the machine learning. <laughs> right. Yeah. Stick with us. Stick with us. It's going to get better. Um, but but I, I do think it addresses fundamental issues, right? Yeah, it's only on manual CPC and enhanced CPC. Yeah? It's only okay. on this, this uh, in these cases. Otherwise, they, they're not saying anything. Yeah, so it has limitations. Um, as far as bid management types, uh, they also did introduce portfolio bid strategies for maximize uh, conversions and maximize um, conversion value, um, right? So bidding, I, I was hoping to talk about it more today, but we're kind of out of time, but that is obviously a very complicated field um, with lots of different interactions. We should wrap it up here. So I'm gonna give each of our great panelists uh, a big thank you and also give you a, a, a moment to share a final thought, maybe something we haven't covered that you think we should talk about. So, um, um, I just wanted to mention something that's coming in the UK, which uh, is has been launched. It's called Sky AdSmart, and I'm sure as Sky's in Italy, and also um, I think they've got um, been bought out by um, one of the big corporates in the USA. And it's basically programmatic TV. Um, so the audience targeting is quite similar to what you get in Facebook, but at the household level. It uses something called the Experian Mosaic, which is based on postcode, but it's got all sorts of other criteria. And it works out about 12 pence, um, 5 to 12 pence uh, a, a view. And you only pay when they've um, watched 75% of it. So uh, it's really interesting because it's quite relatively low cost to, to actually do TV ads, you're talking about £3,000, uh, which I suppose is just sort of under €5,000 or dollars. Um, and I think it's going to be massive going forward. Um, obviously, you've got to have a TV quality ad. Um, so I think that's really interesting. And I'd just like to mention our webinars. So you can see the link on the uh, slide. We run a webinar every Friday morning at 9 a.m. A little bit early for the States, I'm afraid. It'll be in the middle of the night, but it is recorded and you can go back and see it. Uh, you can register at this um, webinar address uh, and you can see all the old recordings. And this week I'm doing digital marketing you can do in your pajamas. Um, so I think that would be a great topic and we cover lots of different things. 
C'è stato in pigiama party. <laughs> Absolutely. But I don't wear pajamas. I want you guys to do a guest, guest talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Anne, for joining us. Uh, Jean-Paul, we'll, uh, we'll give you the floor. Yeah, uh, I, I would just uh, suggest, uh, suggest you to keep an eye on uh, Microsoft Audience Network because uh, uh, they, are, uh, they are integrating it with the LinkedIn uh, targeting options. I don't know if it uh, is a little of topics, uh, but, uh, but I, would, uh, I would keep an eye on it. I will, it's something I would, uh, I would try to, to, to test uh, even more uh, deeply uh, when when I have the occasion to do it because I think it's one of the most it is it's the first time probably in his history that Microsoft uh, is a little ahead of Google in something <laughs> and it will be on on business to business uh, uh, campaigns um, in display network in uh, in audience network so I, I'm, I'm I'm happy they did it and uh, I will uh, I will trust, uh, uh, I will do some, some tests on it. Sounds like great advice. Jean-Paolo, Anne, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, everyone, we'll see you for the next episode next Wednesday. Bye-bye. It was a pleasure. Ciao. Ciao. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of PPC Town Hall. You can also see the video versions on Optimizer's YouTube channel. And if you want to reach out to me, your host, Fred Valles, you can find me on Twitter at Silicon Valleys or Frederick at optimizer.com.